0: I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. I am here with INAP's Senior Vice President of Sales, Rich O'Day, and we're talking about the data center industry, next. Well, Rich O'Day, welcome to Hawk Talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to be here, David, thanks. You bet. This is uh, our uh, conversations with data center industry uh, leaders Mm -hmm. and experts, and so uh, we're really excited that you're here. Uh, You are Senior Vice President of Sales with INAP and um, recently stepped into that role. So we're going to talk about a number of different things today. Uh, And, you know, one of the things I really love to do during these conversations, as I mentioned, we've had 20 of them this year. You're the 20th. So congrats. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm waiting for my gift. Yeah, that that doesn't get you much. Yeah, that's um, okay. But, uh, you know, one of the things I love to do is get to hear about people's background in the industry. And you have a really interesting one, especially when you consider the type of companies that you've worked with Mm -hmm. uh, up until this point. And so why don't we just start there? Talk about your Background in the space and kind of the road that you took uh, mm-hmm. to um, put you in the position to now lead the sales efforts at INAP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, and again, thank you for the opportunity. Mean- yeah, I mean, background-wise, um, most of my career, all of my career, has been in sales. Okay, um, sales is, as, a, as a salesperson and then sales leadership over the past, you know, twenty. 25 years Uh or so, primarily in financial services and fintech. That's kind of where my roots. And then very specifically within that, it was in the world of sales and trading, kind of capital markets, think big trading floors with Mm -hmm. loads of traders and people screaming and yelling and buying and selling and all the products and services that supported that. Um, So that was the bulk of my career based up in New York, but traveled internationally, nationally, Um, heavy, heavy fintech. Um, What led me into the world of, and that was always had a technology bent, more mid office trading platforms, trading systems. Mm -hmm. And what led me into the world of 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 the data center world was the um, the the world of trading was starting to move electronic, right? Sure. you know, so the exchanges were starting to kind of have their matching engines and everything was moving around about speed and distance and so forth. And I was actually working at Dow Jones at the time, make a long story short, we had a product and service that was geared towards the low latency trading guys, mm-hmm. out, particularly in Chicago. And uh, we built the service and we were bringing it up to, I think the Dow Jones data center was just someplace up in North Jersey and nobody was buying the service. So I hopped on a plane, went out to talk to the likes of Citadel and said, we built it, why aren't you guys buying this content? And they said, "We well, need to bring it to Cermac. And I said, what's, what's Cermac? <laughs> sure. um, this is maybe 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And so the, the point of the story was that's how I got to know the world of, of, of Equinex, which I wound up working there for about six and a half okay, years sure. as, as a sales leader. Um, But it was the early days of electronic trading, so I was fortunate enough to kind of see the world shifting from um, voice brokering and trading on terminals to all electronic. And and so I had the opportunity then to move into Equinix to help them as they were building out the world of electronic trading and and what ultimately became a pretty dominant position in terms of hosting the world's exchanges um, in places like CERMAC and Secaucus and, and Slough. So that's kind of a little back of the envelope, but that's my my background. That's how I got into the world of infrastructure and data centers.
0: Yeah. So your time, you know, spent a lot or your time was spent a lot with uh, financial organizations Uh, and really helping them think through how to best approach their IT infrastructure decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, as you've watched those companies uh, change from where they were 10 years ago to maybe five years ago to today, um, you know, what is happening in their mindsets and their heads as they're considering... Uh, their IT infrastructure. Mm-hmm. What are the most important things to mm-hmm. companies like that when they're making those decisions?
1: Right. Now, great question. And I would I would answer the question in in, in speaking to two two different parts uh-huh. of, of the financial institutions. So in the world of sales and trading, um, capital markets, um, you know, where, where they're chasing alpha, and it's all about execution and trading, yep. I mean, one of the key things, obviously, is, is the quality of the sites and the locations of the sites. But networking is really, really important, um, because they tend to be global, they tend to trade around the world, and so a, a, a selection of infrastructure and sites that are heavily networked yep. was, was always a pretty key point um, between, you know, the Americas and EMEA and AP. So networking and speed of, of network and choice of networking mm-hmm. was very important, I think continues to be important in the world of sales and trading. More broadly speaking, um, I think within the financial services industry, it's it's an interesting question. I go back maybe eight, nine years ago when I would talk to some of the uh, the bigger financial services firms and around the advent of cloud, and, and uh-huh. this is more in the retail banking, commercial banking side, and, and I many of the large banks I had said to me, we will never go cloud. We will be private cloud. We will never go public cloud. It just will never happen. We're too regulated. There's too much sensitive data. And I think fast forward to just in the past few years, many of my customers now in the financial space are, are absolutely understanding and, and I think really segmenting mm-hmm. workloads and content uh-huh, and sure. applications that yeah. really should live in the yeah. cloud yep. and in the public cloud yep. um, versus private. So so it's, it's been an interesting evolution. I think the, the, the financial services industry has really embraced the world of hybrid cloud yep. and understands the ability to move certain workloads and content. And applications into public um, while keeping certain, you know, client data and certain applications certainly behind the firewall within their own, own own data center. Yeah, and
0: I think it speaks to the data center user becoming more mature and their, uh, and not just financial companies, but obviously other organizations mm-hmm. uh, and the way they view their IT infrastructure. And so, you know, I think as, as technology has gotten better, I think some of these companies have recognized that we need to really embrace the infrastructure options. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that co-location is right for all, or cloud is right for all, or, you know, hybrid solutions are right for all. But I think that companies are really evaluating that uh, in, in ways they they never have before, and it speaks mm-hmm. to some of the maturity that we've seen. Um, and, and I think, you you know, just thinking about your time at Equinix, uh, and the amount of companies you were able to, to work with and mm-hmm. see, how did that experience really set you up to take the role at INAP that mm-hmm. you're in now? What, what are some of the things that you learned there or some of the things, maybe just as a sales leader, that mm-hmm. you were um, put in front of there that, that really set you up well to lead mm-hmm. the sales efforts at yeah, INAP? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I,
1: I think it goes back to my earlier comments. So as I, what did I take away from Equinix and, and um, that I think is going to help me, um, hopefully already is, after yeah, my, my sure. 90 days sure. so far um, yeah. you know, at INAP? I think it goes back to, David, the, the again, the, the initial, you know, why I joined Equinix was that um, it was a much smaller company than it is today. Sure, um, yeah. In terms of revenue and size, and, and, and that's great, and, you know, loads of success, and, you know, we we're very blessed to have so much success at Equinix, and me personally as well. Um, but in the early days, it was about creating that, that ecosystem for the financial services mm-hmm. industry. So point mm-hmm. being, it was lots of good building blocks um, were existing within Equinix, but they weren't really all kind of put together. It was heavy business development. It was mm-hmm. trying to attract the world's exchanges, the stock exchanges and so forth to Colo um, and, and within yep. an Equinix site. So it's a very heavy biz dev, I guess yep. is the point. And so I, I, I say that because I, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of success in, in leading the team that, that, that achieved that at Equinix. And I think that's a lot of where INAP is. And that was really my main attraction to INAP is it's an organization that has tremendous roots in, in certainly, in networking. A lot of people Mm -hmm. know them as as the performance IP firm, Mm -hmm. and we absolutely still are. But the co-location and the cloud services are, are great building blocks, yeah. um, Great foundational work. Yeah. Um, so that's really, I think, what what attracted me was it's not so much of a challenge, but the opportunity of um, hopefully being able to lend my experience to to taking those building blocks and organizing them in such a way where we can basically go to market um, and and really solve you know real world problems for our customers. And, and it starts with really you know getting the message out. Yeah. Doing interviews like this sure. to let people know, hey, you know what, where is Inapp and, and and what's happening? Yeah. So, so I think that's you know it was the biz dev work I did it at um at at Equinix and, and the good fortune to have some success there in terms of kind of taking those building blocks, yeah. integrating them. And I think that's, that's the core thrust of what we're doing here at INAP today. Yeah.
0: yeah. And a lot has happened for INAP in the last two years. In fact, I guess two years ago, it was called InterNAP. And yeah. so you all yeah. have, have, have been... Can't un- say that anymore. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll strike it. <laughs> uh, we've, but you all are undergoing a, a pretty massive rebranding effort yeah. right yeah. now. And um, and I want to read something that um, your CEO said on one of the earnings calls mm-hmm. recently because yeah. I think it <clears throat> probably speaks to where the organization is today, um, you know. But but he said, and this is Pete Aquino um, said, we are very excited about our progress to date and declare that INAP 2.0 is now on offense. Mm-hmm. So talk about that statement and and just the idea of yeah. this effort to rebrand the company and really set it up for kind of the the new direction.
1: Yeah, no, and it's a lot more fun to be on offense and defense, right? So <laughs> yes. as a sales leader, <laughs> and, and we sure. are. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, lot to unpack in that statement, trying to kind of keep it succinct. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the legacy was Innap. Um, the firm is, is now, for the past year or two, have been called Inap, and that's great. Um, the rebranding is. Um, I, I think we need to put a finer point on that. Absolutely, optically. If you go to our website now, just this past week, um, whole new look and feel. Yeah, um, You know, good. New, new logo. It yeah. looks looks great, right? Really, kind of just advances the story. But I think the real the real point of the messaging is it's not just the rebranding, but it is really the messaging itself. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That is really the core of what of what the the Inap 2.0 is. And 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 what is that? Again, I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of firms that I've talked to customers um, kind of, you know, it was internet and it was the roots were in network. Um, and, and what what's the story now, right? Well, I'll tell you the story right now is very simple. Um, we have invested heavily in our flagship co-location sites, yeah, right, sure. in terms of Arizona, you bet. Um, as well as a new new site and perimeter area out in Atlanta. Yep. Um, so we are now a co-location, we are a very strong cloud story and, and absolutely the root's still there in network. So, so it's really, it, it's the three components of the business yeah, are, are, and, yeah. and it's not just network anymore. Mm-hmm right to put it that way yeah Um, we acquired a firm called single hop um, which is a fantastic cloud offering right so it really expands our bare metal our disaster recovery as a service right our virtual private and dedicated private cloud services and then our our core colo my my view is and i think when we say we're getting on offense depending on the on the research firm some i think we all would agree there's roughly about 80 billion in IT spend um, that is part of the transformation from on-prem enterprise yes. IT into yeah. into the cloud. Yep. 80 billion is a lot of money, right? Um, so where we sit and where we think make, where it differentiates up is that combination of of Colo Cloud um, and and also our core roots and network, right? Um, my sense is many customers, many many enterprise IT execs are challenged with, hey, you know, I, I'm managing all of this infrastructure, perhaps in my own data center. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being pressed as I should to, you know, what's our what's our um, our strategy around cloud and how can we start to migrate? And I think most customers, most most IT execs are going to tick the box around hybrid, um, uh, a mix of public and private as they make that that journey. Um, uh, INAP is perfectly situated for that. Sure. Between our co-location offering, yep. between the vast amount of, of, of cloud offerings we have, we also offer managed AWS and Azure, mm-hmm. and then our core roots in network and, and network latency. So so we think, I believe we sit right in the middle of this big transformation yes. from on-prem into cloud. And um, and I think when Pete talks about INAP2 on um, being on the offense, that's how we're going on the
0: offense. Yeah, that's good. And that actually one of the questions I, I specifically <coughs> wanted to ask you was, um, and it, it fits right into what you just said, is, is in regards to data center users approaching their IT infrastructure mm-hmm. decisions yeah. related to colocation, cloud and some sort of hybrid between the two. Mm-hmm. And so based on your experience and where INAP is today, what should those, you know, and this might just be for the data center users that are watching our mm-hmm. content, but what should they be thinking about, I mean, how do they approach that decision uh, today with knowing the needs they have but also knowing that things could change six months a year three five years from now and that doesn't impact their infrastructure so what what does their mindset need to be when they're thinking about what path to go down Mm -hmm. how do they do that well and wisely so that they're Mm -hmm. positioned down the road uh to be in you know the best decision they can be
1: yeah no absolutely i mean i i think the first you know part is and what i've seen over i'd say over the past three to five years is is the the how enterprises how the enterprise looks at its infrastructure okay um it, it it's 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 certainly been a core competency but I think the question is should it be a core competency? Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that in in, in the, the dynamic pace of change today in, in digital transformation and AI and machine learning and, and you know, kind of core to the edge, I mean there's so many things going on. Does the does an IT organization really want to be spending its time and in investing its in people sure. and personal capital in managing its infrastructure? So yeah. I've seen a big big shift from looking at infrastructure as a move to move from CapEx to OpEx. You bet. Basically, move infrastructure into a colo model yeah. or potentially into cloud or some some you know some derivation of both, so that the IT organization can really focus on on, on really kind of higher higher um, end uh, work let's yeah. say you know th- to really kind of support the business unit yeah, right? sure. so, so we're, we're seeing that so then the question becomes well, where do you go i mean I, to me the macro uh you know principle that has to be applied is is choice um, whether it's choice in cloud, whether it's choice in colo, whether it's choice in network, mm-hmm. um, because it is that the pace is, is, is changing so fast, right? And, and and what workloads might make sense to go into a cloud, a public cloud today may or may not make sense in, I don't know, you know, six months sure. time or, or 18 months time. Yeah. Um, so I think that what I've seen customers who've been successful in, in the transformation into the cloud has been absolutely, it starts with, you know, obviously planning and segmentation, but mm-hmm. really understanding the workloads. Yeah, and that's What, good. what, what workloads yep. really are best fit, you know, are, are proper for public, um, which, One's or not, yep. right, and and having a, a well thought out migration process around that, I think bringing in third parties, I think, is 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 a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, firms that have that experience in terms of migration to the cloud, because um, it, it's it may be a little more difficult than it looks at uh, on the face of it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a mix of things, but the core to me is, is is to have the agility you need to have choice. And I think a key decision process should be, you know, to make sure that as you architect your migration to yes. the cloud that you're providing yourself with enough flexibility yeah, totally. that and was, choice. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's it's uh, you know when we think about the the things that are really leading data center users' decisions and, and the characteristics behind that, I think you said flexibility is so big today. Yeah. And it's it's one of the reasons INAP and other data center operators are really working to um, offer a solution that will allow those users to be flexible, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know one of the other things that I've seen just through INAP is the importance behind performance, mm-hmm. uh, and that is really a thread I think that is something that you all stood for five years ago, and yeah. something that you're really standing for today. Why is that so important to INAP?
1: it's it's the core of who we are I mean again it's you know goes back to the roots and network performance and performance IP and route mm-hmm. optimization and and um, so you know that that's what we were known as um, and still should be yeah I mean not sure. not, not to not to you know we, we certainly were proud of our network our roots in um, in the network but when it comes to performance, um, again, I mean, our client base, our, our, you know, the industry in general, the enterprise IT or the IT executive, I mean, their challenge was just so many things, right? And what they need ultimately is to be able to look at a partner that's going to deliver on performance, right? Performance of application, performance of network, performance of cloud, um, customer service performance, right? Sure. I mean, so what we're doing when we talk about our performance um, as a part of INAP 2.0, it's it's, it's really making that commitment to our, our customer organization about when you come to INAP and when you become a customer of INAP, it is all about performance and how we execute and how we deliver to you as a customer. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's the, the core of, of where we're going with INAP 2.0. And it's the core message really that I bring out to my customer base around really two things, the the breadth of services that we're offering now, yeah. um, where again, perhaps people saw us as, as only one yes. service, it's now network, hello and cloud. To say that again, um, but it's also about performance, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about dependability of, of as a customer of INET.
0: Yeah. <coughs> what are the challenges you see data center users facing related to their connectivity, and how they're looking at their you know IT infrastructure has become so important to businesses today and how mm-hmm. they run and how they function. Right. Uh, companies, you know, there's not a company we see that's depending less on technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moving forward. So. Uh, you know the, the connectivity piece we believe has become much more important what are some of the challenges that you see companies wrestling with right, right. as they approach their network infrastructure mm-hmm. and how to do that best
1: yeah well I, I think the, the big challenge is core to the edge right it, it's 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 edge compute um, you know which to me is basically um, you know with you have a mobile workforce, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is yeah. using different different devices and tablets you and bet. iPhones yeah. and, and 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 you know whatever Android. Um, so so again, as an IT executive, you have to support a mobile user base, a mobile customer base yep. through multiple delivery platforms. Um, and you know the idea of kind of you know bringing everything back to your your monolithic data center and long hauling all the content back. It just I mean it does it makes sense I think in certain workloads, but in many it doesn't. So I think that the challenge around um, around edge computing and what it means to networking is that it's 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 about the network. I mean, it just is. Um, it's about location. Um, it's about being with a provider that um, can basically, if, if, you're, if your strategy is to move apps to the edge, mm-hmm. right, and move your apps closer to your user base, closer to the eyeballs, let's yep. say, right, so that you're reducing the latency yep. and that, uh, an improved experience for your end user, whether they're internal employees or whether they're mm-hmm. customers or both, location matters. Yeah. Right? And location of data center, right, because you got to push your apps out to the edge, right? Mm-hmm. and then, And then it's also ultimately about the performance of the network. Right now, and again, that plays very strongly into INAP and our roots and performance IP and our, and yep. our core backbone and our network capabilities, and also in terms of our locations, in terms of yeah. the fact that we are located in in most major metros in the U.S. Yeah. Right? So, talk, yeah, anyway.
0: do you feel like uh, edge computing is? Uh, you know, I say this all the time that that edge computing is the new cloud. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like five to ten years ago we were talking a lot about cloud, how cloud was growing and changing things and Mm -hmm. and we're still talking about that but i think now edge is kind of on the edge as far as uh you know what's going to happen in the future and so um you know do you think the edge will have as big of impact on the industry maybe as people make it out to be today Mm -hmm. or do you think it's a little bit overdone i just you know just my, my you know one man's opinion yeah sure um
1: I don't see how it doesn't continue to just exponentially explode mm-hmm. um you know autonomous vehicles and the amount of data yeah. that they throw off right you know artificial intelligence i think most people would say we're in the early days of that and machine learning um so to me um it kind of goes back to again you know the kind of the mobile workforce yes. thing, you know there's just being the mobile consumer yep. and the amount of data that is yep. being thrown off is is just it, it's enormous and and i don't you know perhaps i'm missing it but i don't sure. see a a trend that's going to reverse that yeah where, where, where there'll be less data locally at, yeah. at the user and and the idea and the importance of being able to process and and compute around content you know kind of at the, at the source yeah. of the data yeah. um i mean you look at you know like jet engines you know the end the amount of thing petabytes of data they throw off you know <laughs> on every flight yeah. any and yeah. analysis so yeah. i don't think we're going to have less data sure you know i think we'll have more data continuing yep. and so to me it just seems that that trend will continue um and again, I think it puts INAP in a very good position around kind of edge compute and kind of our network and our location yeah, and so sure. forth. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but yeah, overall, David, I mean, I, I just don't see a, a, any reversal in that trend in, in that I can see in the near future, um, that we're going to have less data, yeah. um, less mobility, you less bet. users around the world, um, and more demand for latency. And um, I want it now. I've got I have two kids. Well, they're young men now, but, you know, 27 yeah. and 24, and I raise that as an example of I mean, you know, they they never leave the house with cash in their pocket. Sure. They just don't. Um, yeah. Everything is about I have my iPhone. I want it all to happen, right now yeah. on my iPhone. Yeah. Right? And I don't <laughs> see that the next generation is going to be less different. So, sure. so that that's that's kind of where I land on education.
0: Yeah, be. no, that's good. Uh, that's funny because my kids. Younger don't have iPhones yet, but I think they wished that everything could happen on their iPhone that they don't have yet. Yeah. So, so
1: when, when, do, when do kids get iPhones these days? I at know. what age? You know, that's good. That's
0: a, that's a question that's going on in the league all at right, home well, right now. We're right. trying to hold off as long as we can, right. but okay. it seems like it's getting uh, yeah, good faster and faster. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Well, you've been in the industry for you know over 25 years, um, so you've had the opportunity to work with different companies. But from mm-hmm. a leadership standpoint, yeah. as you think about your career um, who are some people that have had an impact on, on you and mm-hmm. helped shape the way that you, you know, not only look at the data center industry, uh, but also just look at business in general? Mm-hmm. And, and who's, who's impacted you uh, in a positive way yeah. as it relates to leadership? Yeah, now, I,
1: I, interesting question. Um, yeah. I, I'll answer it this way. Um, it, when, as I think about, well, you know, from a leadership point of, point of view, yeah. for me personally, what, what are my core principles? Yeah. Um, and, and I have two. Um, and I explained it to the folks at INAP when I joined in the team, and, and I think they're fair, but um, I believe strongly in, in, in the golden rule. I believe very strongly that you treat people the way you want to be treated, Yeah. right? Um, and I learned that from my family and from my parents, okay? So, yeah. so from a leadership point of view, um, and I fail miserably. My wife will tell you many times, I, I don't treat people the way I should all the time, but I try. Um, that's but, but, but that's a core principle, and that comes from my parents, frankly, yeah. and the way I was raised. Um, So thank you for that to them. Um, And then the other one um, principle is measure three times and cut once, but don't take too long to measure. Um, And I learned that actually from um, a fellow named Chris Isaacson had that that expression. He's the um, COO, at the time the COO of BATS, um, a big exchange out in Kansas City. And long story short, they—I was at Equinix and Bats bought Direct Edge, so it was one exchange behind another. And um, Bats was a, a stock exchange, but they really were they were a technology firm. And yeah. these guys were just—I was so impressed with with their execution and and just their focus on technology, but the way they executed. And, and I asked Chris, you know, how do you do it? And he said, measure three times and cut once, and don't take too long to measure. And I really, it, I, I really internalized that. So, yeah. um, so it's a mix of. Um, you know, push and press, um, get the most out of your organization, be thoughtful, be strategic, think, make the right decisions fast, right? Yeah. That's what I try and do and what I want my team to do. But I also want people to do it in a culture where we treat each other really, really well. Yeah, that's good. Okay? And you can't, you got to, you got to have both. You can't have yeah. one or the other.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really exciting too, because I think you're building a new, uh, not new culture, but you're, you're, there's a new day at INAP. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's, you know, some of those things I'm sure will be yeah. pressed through your leaders and, and people that you're working with. I agree. So, and that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. You bet. When you think about the industry in general, uh, your time in the space, what gets you most excited about the next 5, 10 years, 20 years of mm-hmm. uh, the data center industry and how it's growing? It's uh, they, What excites me the most is it's also early. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything
1: is just—it's just all new. I mean, again, most people—people people much smarter than I—in yeah. the industry, I ask, well, where do you think we are in yeah. terms of cloud? Are we in the second inning, the ninth inning? Yeah. And it's people are like, well, the game is just starting. Yeah. So, um, and and I think again that the data center industry in general just sits in such a great place because again, because of edge compute. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and, and the latent, you know, network latency. So I think that the the industry in general sits in a fantastic place because again, everybody's kind of trying to turn out of their own data centers. They recognize the need to move from capex to opex to focus. On core competencies and and leave the infrastructure to, to others. So I, I think it's just it's an enormous opportunity for everybody. You know, not just in the data center industry, but in IT in general. I yeah, mean, it is just it is an exciting time.
0: Yes, well, I would agree, and we're you know we're certainly excited to see Inaps. Um, you know, new day yeah, uh, begin and and see what will happen in the future. So thank you so much for joining us, and thank you. I'm excited to see the progress uh, down the road. Thank you very much, David. I really appreciate the time and the uh, and the opportunity and being number twenty. You bet. There we go. <laughs> awesome.